ser benfiquista é uma crença. É uma religião muito grande. A visão é um culto. A coragem, que é a liberdade, que é crer, que é vontade, que é o caráter das pessoas. A alma de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É uma paixão que eu tenho explicação. Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser o Benfica. Eu sinto o que é ser o Benfica. Mas de facto uma paixão. E as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão. É paixão, paixão, paixão. Ser Benfica. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Top Bifica podcast. We're back for another season. Episode number 376 is where we're landing on this new season. Uh, with me tonight, as always, Cristiano Oliveira. Cristiano, how's your off-season going, man? A little a little tribulations with uh, with this Cavani thing. People on you on all over Twitter. Man, what's going on with you, man? Have you, have you been well? I'm doing terrific. I'm happy as hell to be back here talking about our, you know, our Glorioso, what we've been doing Alfredo for years now. Um, it's always a special feeling to talk about Benfica and doing it alongside you and for another season is something that I'm very much looking forward to and I hope we uh, have another successful one. Cristiano, did you know hey. that this season will be the 10th season in which Benfica podcast is covering a Benfica season? How about that? Of course I knew that. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm a huge Benfica podcast historian. I collect every single uh, sticker, you know. I've you know, followed the, the, the podcast since its uh, inauguration. So, of course, I mean, it's not a surprise to me, but maybe, maybe, just maybe the guys at home, guys and gals at home listening, it was just, you know, getting uh, finally learning about this podcast for the first time. And for those of you that are tuning in for the very brand new season of 2021, if, if it ever does officially kick off, um, welcome. And hope you guys enjoy and make sure you interact with us on Twitter. Shorten your tag on Twitter because I'll get to it at some point and tell you it's too long. So do yourselves a favor and do it now. But yeah, excited, Alfredo. Very excited, very excited to do this once again. That's that's a good way to start. Set up those uh, expectations for our listeners. That's, uh, you know, tell them where they stand. It's always good. Um, and because we're on international break, Dave couldn't be here. He's obviously away with his national team of Canada, uh, but uh, he will be back uh, soon enough. He couldn't be here for personal reasons, but he'll be back Love soon you, enough. Love you, Dave. Uh, with us tonight, uh, helping out, uh, Tiago. Tiago, how you been, man? Been good. Looking forward to the new season. Uh, impatiently waiting for the, the official games to start and uh, ready to see what, uh, what our JJ has in store for us this season. That's right. So we'll, I guess we did, We got a lot to cover tonight. We'll, uh, we'll look at the new signings. We'll look at uh, some of the, uh, the friendlies. Uh, we also got uh, the qualifiers, the pre-qualifiers for the Champions League. Uh, we'll talk about that. We all, the league fixtures were also drawn. Um, we'll talk about that too. So lots to uh, cover tonight on our first episode back. Uh, we've been away for a few weeks, but here we are. Please expect us. Um, every single week now uh, going forward. So let's, um, let, let's start uh, with, with the new signings. And um, well, I guess we'll, we could go in a little bit in, in chronological order. Uh, Padrinho was the first one. And this, this uh, 22-year-old attacking midfielder, I think he plays as a winger, uh, Brazilian, yep. uh, out of uh, Corinthians, um, was actually signed over the winter break, from, if I'm not mistaken. So this is not a JJ signing. Uh, he appeared 61 games uh, between the 2019-2020 season, scored seven goals. Uh, he developed at Corinthians, uh, where he has been all his life up until now. Uh, not capped for the senior Brazilian national team, but he did have uh, 11 appearances for the under-23 team. Um, Cristiano? Expectations for Pedrinho. Uh, expectations for Pedrinho. Uh, wasted eighteen million dollars on him, or euros, I should say. As you, as you alluded before, Benfica signed them way before the decision was made on the new head coach. Obviously, Benfica agreed with Corinthians for a twenty million dollar, a twenty million euro move at the time. Apparently, because of this COVID, my man devaluated two million bucks. Benfica got themselves a discount. Um, and they made it happen. He did arrive in Lisbon, and he's now part of the team. Have no idea what the future holds for him, to be brutally honest with you. As we know, uh, Jorge Jesus wasn't his biggest fan while he was at Flamengo, and he had, when he was asked uh, in a press conference to talk about Benfica's new signing, and he didn't exactly uh, praise the guy. And so now 
he's here. They're both here. And, and, and no one knows what the future holds. I mean, that's one right now, Alfredo, that would be a little bit premature on my side to, to tell you what exactly I think about him. I mean, I would not be surprised if he's, he gets sent out on loan. I just don't know what JJ's thinking is with him right now, and I don't think any of us do. Yeah, and, and Tiago, as Cristiano alluded, uh, JJ was asked to, to comment on his and uh, on his signing. And really, the, the words from JJ has said, uh, Pedrinho is not the best uh, winger in Brazil. There's better wingers in, or there's better players in that position ahead of, uh, ahead of Pedrinho. Uh, but he, he, he since kind of said that, well, he's, he's a player with, 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 with some talent that still needs to, to get where we need him to. What are you thinking about this Pedrinho signing? Yeah, I know he mentioned, uh, I think it was on an interview with Fox uh, Sports in Brazil. Uh, he actually went on to name five other players, which one of them was actually Everton, who we ended up signing. Um, he, he also said that he's a player that has to be developed. He's, he's going to – he's very young, and um, he's going to have to be developed, and I don't, I, I don't see them loaning him out, especially with the, the price tag that they paid for him. I think that's someone that uh, J.J. is going to keep close and try to work him in with maybe some uh, uh, matches for the Tasa de Liga or, or something like that, give him some burn there because I don't, I don't see him – it makes no sense to keep an $18 million guy on the bench if he's going to play in Tasa de Liga games. And for that, you loan him out, let him get some burn. I mean, it just it's one of those signings that, again, as I alluded to before, it, it, I, I, I'm not trying to be an a-hole towards anybody, but I just think it's a little bit premature to talk because we don't really know what their intentions are with this guy. Um, <laughs> as I mentioned, if it's to sit on the bench, you better off just loaning him out. I mean, you're just going to sit there and stunt his growth. Obviously, he needs time to adapt to the European game. It's going to be totally different than what, it, than, than, than what he's accustomed to, to playing the slower-paced game in the Brazilian, the Brasileiro, right? And he's coming to a whole new country. It's just, it's, it needs time to adapt. And to just sit there on the bench and not really uh, develop the way that we, that we anticipate or we hope that he does, I just think, you know, cut your ties, send them somewhere in Europe to another league, I don't know, to a smaller squad, let them – let him get his teeth in, you know, um, and just uh, – I, I just I, – it's hard for me to say what it, I really feel right now about Yeah. In, in his defense, he was bought before this uh, the shopping spree, uh, pre-election time that uh, Vieira has gone uh, on. Um, the other guy knew this was for a position that we were – uh, that we badly needed was uh, Gilberto, a 27-year-old right back. So not necessarily a, a, a youngster uh, coming from Fluminense. 18 appearances, three goal scores this last uh, season in the Brasileirão. Uh, was developed at Botafogo, uh, was transferred to, to Fiorentina in 2015, bounced around between Ellis Verona, Latina, and, uh, and Italy's Serie D. That's fourth division. Vash de Gama, Fluminense. Uh, he has not been uh, capped. Uh, but here, here's a guy, uh, Cristiano, that uh, arrives at Benfica with the approval, with this, the approval stamp from JJ. So JJ obviously knows him. Uh, but JJ has also said that he has some deficiencies in terms of defending. Obviously, uh, a lot of uh, wing backs are, at Brazil are not known for their defensive prowess, and certainly Gilberto is probably somebody that fits that mold. I, I, with Gilberto, I think it's one of these players that, as you mentioned, JJ had his eye on him while he was at Flamengo, brought him in relatively cheap. Um, so for European clubs, especially Benfica, on the spree that they're on now, it's relatively cheap to bring the guy in. Roll the dice, see if you have something there. At the end of the day, no matter what happens, Andre Almeida is always going to be your starting right back. So it's like one of those, let's just throw $3 million to the win and tell people that we brought in a right back and it's, it, it's, it's going to be Andre Almeida. Almeida English, that guy is a machine. I don't understand. We could you know, change coaches 50,000 times, but that guy, that guy will always be your starting right back for some apparent reason. But, Tiago, do you give him the benefit of the doubt being that J.J. had an intimate knowledge of him or do you think this is another Bruno Cortes? You know, it, it's crazy with uh, everybody so confident in 
this guy because you know he's a JJ guy, but we have to look back at JJ's uh, track history with uh, hiring and uh, signing players. There have been some uh, bums that we have signed, you know, over the over the years that JJ was with us in his first stint. Um, and I got to watch uh, Gilberto play a little bit today, and it scares me because you got a, a right back now who doesn't defend very well and then you got a left back in Grimaldo who also doesn't defend very well and I think that was one of the big problems last year with Benfica with Ferro and Ruben Diaz getting exposed because they didn't have wingers that would come back and help them defend so I mean unless JJ could uh, help him with their positioning maybe he could, he's a good fit but until we see more of him I, I, I can't really put out a verdict on him quite yet. JJ such a bad coach. He's he's signed flops. Mourinho's fantastic. What are the all these? None of these other coaches have ever signed flops. Only JJ. Let's just point out JJ every chance we can. He's the only coach in the history of football that's ever signed bad players. Look, I'm I'm ready to give him the benefit of the doubt. Let's just leave it at that until he proves me wrong. Another Brazilian signed by Benfica was Elton Leite, and I think this is another guy that probably had a verbal agreement uh, way before JJ uh, arrived. He uh, Benfica grabbed them uh, from Boa Vista, 29-year-old goalkeeper, and 29 uh, keepers are still uh, yet to hit stride, I would say, at 29, or probably right about, uh, has been at Boa Vista for the previous two seasons. Uh, before he played, I bought the Fogo uh, and uh, no international uh, appearances. Cristiano, do you think Elton Leite is at the height um, or at the level where he could at least challenge Vlaco Dimus in training and even for a starting spot? No. I think this is the type of guy that comes in with Primera League experience, a guy that's going to fortify things back there in case of an injury for Vlaco Dimos. Um, you know, it's relatively cheap. They don't have to spend much on them. Uh, we know Benfica's trying to save every penny they can to go out and, you know, bring in the bigger fish. So I'm totally okay with this guy. Um, obviously, you know, for a couple weeks spell, uh, we'll be fine now. If he's going to be the main guy going forward, I'd be worried. But I, I, I like the signing. Experienced. He's been in Portugal. It's not going to take him time to, to adapt to Portuguese football. You understand the BS on and off the field. Um, so I think it's going to bring another solid backup goalkeeper. That's exactly what he is. He'll be a backup, and I'm just fine. I'm absolutely fine with that. Yeah, Elton Leite, who had uh, a, a good performance against Benfica when Benfica played uh, Boa Vista, but he was also uh, called out on on one of the goals, I, I think, that uh, he like allowed. Um, Tiago, is, is this the, the guy uh, that you were expecting to really compete uh, with, uh, with Vlaco Dimus, or do you think that, as Cristiano mentioned, he's a guy that's not too big of a drop-off between him and Vlaco Dimus and can shore up things and, and play Taça de Liga and Taça de Portugal games? Yeah, no, he's he's a good, solid backup keeper. I think he's he has a, a long way to go to uh, take the starting spot from uh, Vlaco, but um, he's a lot better than what we had last season. Last season was a little scary if Vlaco Dimas goes down mid-season, we're we're left with Zlobin and Svilar, which is is a little scary. But he's a good solid keeper, like Chris said. He knows the league. He knows the BS in and out of the league. So I think this is this is a decent signing. And Alfredo, I still I'm gonna go on a limb here. I still firmly believe in the bottom of my heart that if there are a couple of extra dollars list, you know, dollar bills, I should say, laying around towards the end of the transfer market, and there's an opportunity to go ahead and get yourself a goalkeeper. I still think JJ will look at that at some point. Better goalkeeper, I should say. Yeah. Uh Jan Vertogen. 33-year-old center back, Belgian center back from Tottenham. 30 appearances, two goals scored in last season. Played for Ajax in 2000, between the years of, seasons of 2006 and 2012. Uh, then transferred over to Tottenham to, where he has been or had been since the 2012 season. 118 caps for the Belgian national team. Right now, he is a starter for the Belgian national team. He lost a little bit of room at Tottenham. He was out of contract. Uh, Tottenham decided not to uh, renew his contract. Uh, and here he is. This is a perfect, uh, was a perfect uh, buy uh, for Benfica uh, in terms of the experience uh, he could give. And, and Thiago, seeing that Jardel hasn't really been um, 
the consistent performer or been consistent, consistently healthy, and he's the one guy with veteran experience, do you, how do you feel about this buy by Benfica? Is this the right guy with the right experience that could play alongside Ruben Dias or even a Ferro and could be a mentor to these guys and while bringing that veteranship to the team? Yeah, definitely. I think I think he he'll be a great mentor, and this is a guy that you know we're talking about played for Ajax and Tottenham. You know, there he didn't play for little clubs, so he knows the pressure of playing at a big club. And um, these these two young defenders in Diaz and Ferro need a mentorship of a guy who's an international. You know, 118 caps for Belgium is that's a lot of caps up for for any country, and um, I think they only got to benefit from all this uh, when with Ferro and Diaz. Yeah. Chris. I love this. Absolutely love this. Um, as I think I've told you off the year, he's a player that's obviously lost a step, but I love the fact that he's going to come in, imposing center back, tremendous experience. He's going to tutor the youngsters. He's going to teach these youngsters what it is and how it is to become a professional and take this to the next level. He's another guy that's going to give you, if you need to, in an emergency, he could play left back. He's, he's obviously played left back in his career. Uh, I, I just absolutely adore this type of move. I think Benfica should make one to two of these moves every single year. Bring in one to two of these guys that are already, you know, in their early 30s, guys with tremendous experience, guys that are going to sell jerseys, guys that are going to get the recognition to the club throughout the world. I think this is a home run. Um, and so, I mean, I, I'm ecstatic that he's here. I'm, 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 I'm surprised that, that, you know, he decided to come to Portugal, a guy that's that's had markets elsewhere, that's had some market that could have gone other, you know, to other places. But... You know, he's played at Tottenham for eight years, never really won a cup, I believe. You know, they're a big club in terms of, you know, they're in the EPL, they're making money, but they're not really one of the Sharks. They don't win cups year after year. So he's coming to a club where he has an opportunity to win titles. Um, and hopefully, you know, he'll represent Benfica with dignity like he's done everywhere else he's been. I'm just super, super excited with this move. Um, I think he'll bring a lot of notoriety to the club. Uh, and it's just, I think, like I said, man, it's 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 going to be a home run. I think Ferro, everybody, Ruben Diaz is going to learn from this guy. It's He's a true professional guy that's been around, played in World Cups. I mean, the guy's played in the biggest games in, in football, in the world of football. So I think all that experience and that knowledge is something that we've lacked in the locker room since Luis Zone left, since Jonas left, since the Salvis of the world, which we talked about so much last year, Alfredo, when we said there seems like the leadership is missing. And, and with this guy, it's all about class. It's all about professionalism. It's it's all about leadership. So I think it's it's a very good signing, very smart uh, to bring a guy like this in just to, 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 to you know, to, to tutor everyone and bat down the ship and keep everybody in line. And uh, Robert Martinez, who is the, the national team coach for Belgium, thought that this move was an, a fantastic move uh, for Vertonghen. And, and, and he has obviously the, the Euro in mind, and he knows that uh, if Vertonghen had stayed at Tottenham, he probably wouldn't have gotten as much, uh, as much playing time. And for a guy that's been a staple in this Belgian national team, certainly Martinez has to be happy that he's going to be getting consistent playing time at Benfica. And when you talk about Benfica uh, making the right buys with the intent of going far in Europe, this is the type of player, as Cristiano mentioned, that is, is used to playing in the, in the big stages, in the, the big uh, games, uh, and certainly uh, is definitely not a Benfica team that's going to field uh, a 23-year-old average team. You're going to have a guy uh, playing in Champions League that's used to playing in Champions League that's not going to be afraid, that's not going to shake regardless what stadium Benfica enters. And for the defensive uh, uh, line and for the defensive woes that Benfica has had all season last year in terms of set pieces, in terms of uh, allowing uh, more goals than than usual, I think this is a this is a great buy. Another great buy. The number signing, Alfred. It wasn't a buy. It was oh, a sign. That's right. Well, we bought, we bought him from free agency. I don't know. I'm just trying to make an excuse <laughs> for my my mistake. Uh, Everton Suarez-Sulinha. Uh, so when we talk about uh, Pedrinho maybe being the sixth best winger, Everton, as Thiago mentioned, was number one. And, and I think this was an express request from uh, Jorge Jesus, 24-year-old left winger. And, and look, when you grab a player of this talent at 24 years old, um, I think that only the big sharks are able to grab players at this age with this amount of talent uh, from Brazil. We uh, bought him from Grêmio. 
uh, last season, 71 appearances uh, between 2019 and 2020. Uh, apologize. With 23 goals scored, uh, has only played for Grêmio. Capped 14 times for the Brazilian national team. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, he scored three goals in the, the Copa América, uh, which won uh, that uh, trophy and also won the Golden Boot, uh, was the Golden Boot winner for that uh, tournament. Um, I think that out of all the, the players, this is perhaps the one uh, that I'm most excited about uh, even though uh, Jan Vertogen and Lucas Walschmidt are, are up there too. But Subulinha is a, a guy, Cristiano, no engana. No, he's got everything. He's got all the tools in, in the draw to become a fantastic player in Europe. The one thing he needs to, he does need to upgrade, you know, to, 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 to sharpen up and, and do better in Europe is he needs to get a little bit more goal on him. But aside from that, he's a fantastic one-on-one. He's got that zinger that I always talk about here on the podcast. He has the ability to be one, two, three defenders and put the ball in the back of the net. He's going to be one of those players that the style of the loser are going to be on their feet every time he touches the ball on the offensive end. Very exciting. A player that, as you mentioned, it's part of the Brazilian national team. Is one to be Chichi for the you know Golden Boot, whatever, whichever, whatever you want to call it. When the Copa uh, America in 2019, a guy that was chased by some of the biggest clubs throughout all of Europe last year, and I know right now. Um, his, his former club, Grêmio, must have been kicking themselves in the ass because they had much bigger offers that they turned down last year. Now, because of COVID, they kind of had to bring down the price a little bit. And you know what? We're very happy at being figured that the price has come down. We're very happy that we have the opportunity to sign this guy. This is the type of player that could spend two, three years at Benfica, and then Benfica can turn around and sell him for big, big money at still a relatively young age of 27. So very excited uh, to get a guy like this. Uh, no. In three years, if they sell oh, okay. him, he'll get 27. He's 24 now. If he plays three years, they sell him. It'll be 27. Still relatively young at that time. So I think Benfica can still make a good coin off this guy. Um, and it just, look, this is the type of signing him, Vertonghen, the guys that we've all spoken about. Once you started talking about the Vertonghens and down, right, from the Vertonghens down, or the next three guys we're going to talk about, these are the types of signings that you're only going to make with a coach like JJ. This wasn't going to happen with Rui This wasn't going to happen with, with, with good old boy Bruno Lage. This is the type of signing that wants to play with a recognizable coach, a coach that wins titles, a coach that's gone overseas and done tremendous stuff. So, look, this is the perfect package. Very excited to see him play as well. Um, you know, if you would have told me last year, he would have been a Benfica this year. I would have told you you were crazy. Tiago, a couple, couple questions for you. Um, the, the first one is going to be, uh, there's always an adaptation period. Do you think that um, he has enough skill and has been around the international stage that the adaptation period will be short? And also, do you feel that, just like Chris says, he's going to be around for two, three years, or you think this is just going to be a trampoline, much like we saw with Ramirez? Well, everybody, a lot of... I would say most of the players who come to to Benfica are, are use Benfica as a trampoline to to get to the bigger teams. Um, as far as his adaptation period, um, I think he has enough skill, and um, we would we would hope all the Benficistas would hope that you know his adaptation is is quick because uh, watching him last year at the Copa America, he shined. You know, he's he's a guy who could stop on the dime and take off 100 mile an hour down the field and get past two, three guys like Chris said and put the 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 ball in the back of the net. He's uh, probably the most exciting uh, signing we have had so far in the off season. Um, and I think he's probably going to be the staple of that midfield once he uh, gets comfortable with his role and uh, gets used to the European uh, soccer. So let's hope, let's hope for our sake that he adapts quick. And Alfredo, when I said two, three years, that's me at looking at it as a Benficista, hoping that he yeah. stays within one year. Yeah, I mean, because he does have the ability to to come in here, do really well, and be gone next year. But as a Benficista, I'm hoping we get two, three years out of the guy. I mean, I, I, it, in terms of any player that comes into Benfica, regardless of the age, I mean, I'm always looking at that two, three years. I mean, you really want to enjoy the player and have the guy be, especially a successful player, player that's at this caliber. You want a guy to guy, you know, you want to have the guy at the club as long as possible. Yes, realistically, Alfredo, he can very well be out after this year. I'm just being a Benfica. He's been saying two, three years, yeah. and I, I'm trying to do the selling for Benfica already. Look, he's 27. He's still young. You don't, you don't need him now at 25. Wait, tomorrow, you know what I mean? So, 
Um, but yeah, he's he's got all the tools in the box. I mean, he's a fantastic, fantastic uh, player, and I think I think a lot of people are going to be tuning in to watch Benfica just to watch him play. Yeah, I think, no. I, th- ahead, I think definitely two two years at most. If he if he can adapt good this year, and Benfica could qualify for the Champions League. Um, into the tournament um, and he starts adapting and he starts showing the world what he could do. I mean, the, the teams, the Tubaroins already were after him before, so they know what, what he has. And uh, if he can prove at Benfica that he is that same player that he was at Gremio, then I, I give it the most two years and he's out of here. Yeah, still got to get going. Still has to get more going. Yeah. To get that type of money in European football, he's got to score. He's got to add more goals to, to, to his resume. Yeah, I mean, and, and you'd hope that he'd stay for two, three years because usually cycles are are coming in three years, especially for JJ and what we know about JJ in terms of uh, having a team mature uh, to his ideas and really be playing up to uh, uh, their utmost potential. Is usually they come in three-year cycles. So uh, let's hope that he could stick around. But as Cristiano mentioned, uh, he is a guy that uh, does impress with his, with his dribble and with his speed. Um, but yes, he needs to be a difference maker in terms of uh, either either goals or he's just feeding people left and right uh, and can have like PT assist numbers like uh, in order to be uh, somebody that's um, that's going to be considered. Um, the other guy that I'm that I'm excited about is Luca Luca Waldschmidt, 24 year old striker, uh, plays behind uh, uh, the center forward. Uh, bought uh, from Freiburg, 25, 24 appearances last season, eight goals scored. Uh, developed at Eintracht Frankfurt, later moved to Hamburg in the 2016-2017 season, uh, and then was uh, moved over to Freiburg in the 2018-2019 season. Uh, staple in Germany's Uh, youth system, uh, he will wear number 10. Cristiano, um, about a year ago, we went around to with our camera, both in Boston and New Jersey, uh, asking people who they thought should be the number 10 after Jonas's exit. Do you think that the number 10 is well uh, assigned to Luca Walshmidt? Absolutely. I mean, you talk about every single signing and we should, you know, there's there's some type of excitement, level of excitement to every single one of these players, even Elton Leighton and, and, and what was the other one? Gilberto, everybody, you know, there's some level of excitement. But to me, right, as good as Vertonghen is, as good as Everton Suarez can be, Sabolinha can become, the guy I'm most looking forward to it is Luca Walshmidt because he reminds me a little bit of somebody that I know, blonde hair, way, way back in the days. I love the way he plays he's you know he's a guy that as you mentioned plays behind the second striker uh, behind the striker not the second striker plays behind the striker he can put the ball in the net he could spread the ball around I'm just super excited about this guy he just got called up to the main German national team he's been capped three times and he'll, he'll have an opportunity once again to represent his homeland it's just one of these players that I just I, I still have to pinch myself at times that he decided to leave the Bundesliga to come and join um you know, team in the Portuguese league. And yes, our Benfica are giants, but you know, we haven't exactly been tearing people apart in European competitions over the last uh, four or five years. So still surprised he's over here. I'm ecstatic that he is. I can't wait to watch him play. Yeah. That number 10, I think it's going to do him well. I think it's, I think it's going to look good on him. Um, that's the Jersey I'm looking to get Luca Walshman's number 10. I should get it hopefully soon. Uh, but yeah, Alfred, this guy could score with his left. He could score with his right. He's got, fantastic moves. He's going to be a guy that hustles up and down the field. He's going to be involved in a team play defensively, offensively, just ecstatic. I'm over the moon that we got, you know, we got ourselves a, a German national team player. Obviously it's the second one in, in what, six months, but this one really has me excited to the next level. This one actually makes, he's a part of the German national team now, unlike, you know, Weigel who's made a part, you know, who's, who's been a part of those teams at one point. This is a very young prospect, a very young player that could do some magical things for Benfica. And I'm ex- I'm excited to watch him play. All my years watching Benfica, I don't recall Benfica ever having two German players on their roster. Uh, maybe this is a question for Baquero. Baquero will probably answer that. But, Tiago, how excited are you about this signing, man? Um, pretty excited. Uh, this is, um, I'm not going to lie, this is probably one of the players that I that I least followed. I don't really follow the, the Bundesliga that much. Um, the one thing that I can tell you, he has some uh, big shoes to fill with that number. 
Um, I'm just hoping, you know, that he can come in and contribute. I know he, uh, from some of the videos that I've watched of him, he has, he likes to shoot from outside the box, which is something we definitely need. We need somebody who can, who can strike the ball from outside the box. He has a, a canyon of a left foot. Uh, Chris, correct me if I'm wrong, but he has a, a nickname in Germany because of his, uh, his left foot. Uh, I, I failed my German class in high school. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they have some type of uh, um, some type of nickname for him when he played for uh, Freiburg. Um, I don't know what his nickname is. Yeah, it's something to do with something to do with a canyon or something. He he has a, a an awesome left foot, and uh, we need somebody we need somebody to play behind uh, as a second striker to to help out because we we didn't have that last year and you saw the struggles that our that our forwards went through. Yeah, and and look, he was a guy that had been talked about ever since uh, Juan Felix left, uh, but Befica was never able to uh, pull the trigger. Certainly, uh, Weigel uh, being at Benfica was definitely probably one of the factors he decided to come to Benfica. What do you think, Tiago? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think um, he gave on an interview, he said that he spoke to, to Julian Weigel about coming to Benfica. And, you know, he, he spoke very highly of the club and, and the conditions, the working conditions they have for the players, the training facilities and such. And he, um, he said that, that was one of the reasons that he did come to Benfica was because of Weigel, because like that, he has somebody who can help him adapt because Weigel has been here since January. So he's no spring chicken with Benfica. Yeah. So uh, excited. And the uh, last one that Benfica, and, and that this is yet to be uh, officially announced, but uh, he, he's made the trip through the airport with the mysterious man in a leather jacket along with uh, Rui Costa. So, uh, I, I mean, considering or, or assuming that he's going to uh, pass his physical should be announced tomorrow. Darwin Nunez, 21-year-old forward Uruguayan, uh, that Benfica got from, uh, from uh, the second uh, Segunda Liga uh, in Spain from Almeria. 32 appearances, 16 goals, came up through the Peñarol Academy, one international appearance, and that one international appearance, he also happened to get a, a goal on his debut, uh, but he had been featured um, in the U-teams for Peñarol. And Xenu, I had a, a chance to, to speak to, to our, our common friend, Sebastian, uh, uh -huh. who, uh, does, uh, who covers a lot of uh, Latin America uh, football as, as well as uh, MLS. And he is a, a Uruguayan uh, uh, national, and he gave us uh, his opinion on, um, on, on Darwin Nunez. And uh, obviously the, the comparisons to Cavani are obvious. Uh, Buxianu, 21 years old at Almeria. Is there something fishy about the level uh, and talent of this player? Or do you think it was just too much money for him? And I just I think this guy is going to be rated on 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 the the money that Benfica spent on him rather than what he does on the field for the foreseeable future, unless he comes in and tears it up. Don't understand the thinking behind this. Um, obviously, there's got to be something behind it because to spend 24 million euros on what, what was he, the fifth leading goal scorer down there, whatever, in the second division? I mean, it's just, it, it's, it's, it's ludicrous. I think it's, it's, a, it's a huge risk by Benfica. I think when Benfica spends this type of money, makes you the most expensive player in the history of Portuguese football, you got to come in with some assurances. You got to come in and start right away. You can't be a project. Um, and, and it's unfair for the kid because the kid definitely has talent. The kid can't play soccer. Don't get me wrong. He's a good football player. But when you start looking at those numbers and you start thinking about where, you know, it's coming from, we're talking about Benfica. We're not exactly talking about Manchester City, PSG. That could just lose 25 million euros like you and I lose 10 bucks. 24 million or 25 million euros to Benfica is a lot of money. And I just think it's, it's, it's a very risky signing. Um, but you know, nonetheless, I'm very excited to see him arrive in, 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 at Benfica. Can't wait to see him with a Benfica shirt to see what he does, but this guy better come in and hit on all cylinders from day one. There ain't no adaptation period for this guy. There is no grace time. There can't be no Raul de Tomas. This is come in at that type of money. You come in and you start playing, start, you start performing at, at, at that moment. 
um, because of those crazy numbers. So we'll see what happens. Um, obviously, you guys know, <clears throat> everyone that's listened to the podcast uh, for, for the last 20 years knows <laughs> for, knows that I'm, I'm a huge JJ guy. So, and JJ, I trust, obviously, uh, you know, our good friend Tiago here will be real quick to point out that he's, he's, he's had some, some miscues with some signings. Uh, and I hope that this will not be one of those. I hope that this will be a guy that comes into Benfica, comes into Stade Luz and tears it apart. But right now, it's just just unthinkable that Benfica would spend that type of money on a guy coming from second division. I mean, it's 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 unfathomable. Yeah, and Tiago, after the the novella with Cavani, which has been going on for for quite some time, and and it, it doesn't seem to be uh, happening. Uh, as far as we know. Uh, and then there was also some talk about Mariano uh, from Real Madrid. Uh, and going down the list, now we sign Darwin Nunez. That's perhaps the third choice, maybe, between those guys. Um, what are your thoughts about Darwin Nunez, man? And what, what do, you, do you think the price tag is going to be a, a lot of pressure for him to handle? Well, first, uh, we were expecting in a Uruguayan striker on a Wednesday. Um, unfortunately, it wasn't the one that most of us were expecting, but, you know, we did get our, our Uruguayan striker. I think that the price tag is, gonna, is probably going to be uh, a big load to carry for such a young kid, 21 years old. Uh, and, I mean, I hope, I hope he, like Chris said, he comes in and tears it up. And for the amount of money that we spent on him, is it cannot be somebody who doesn't come in and go right into the starting lineup. Um, I think coming from the league that he came from, it's not saying much. You know, 32 appearances, 16 goals. And like Chris mentioned, it was like the fourth or fifth top striker in, in, the, in that league. Um, I think it's a lot of money. I think it's a lot of money, and it's it's. I think it's going to weigh on him. And hopefully, we don't have uh, you know another uh, RDT version two. And if we do, hopefully, we get somebody who was as crazy as Real Sociedad to come and you know give us a couple extra bucks. Espanol. Espanol. Oh yeah, Espanol. Yep, yep, Espanol. Sorry, guys. Yeah, no, that, you know that <laughs> that was uh, that was actually something great that that happened to us in terms. Of, it's still like a, a shady deal because I don't know how Espanol fighting for a relegation would be able to afford a player like that. But that's a topic for another conversation. Um, so that with Darwin Nunez, we uh, we wrap up all the the signings that we have done so far. Uh, certainly uh, uh, more coming. But here's here's the thing, and I'll ask you, Tiago, first. Uh, Looking at the team, and now the team has, what, three, four weeks under their belt. Uh, we have now uh, seen two uh, televised friendlies. Where do you think we need to target uh, in terms of positions uh, that we kind of need to uh, strengthen this team? Definitely in the back. I still think that our defense is a big, big liability, uh, especially at the, the fullback positions. Um, I don't think we're, we're well served there. Um, I mean, on the left, we got Grimaldo, and I guess they're going to use Servi as, uh, as his backup. And on the right, we have Andre Almeida and Gilberto. So I don't, I don't think that we're, we're looking very strong on the, the fullback position. So I would definitely invest in some fullbacks. I mean, that's the only thing I see. I mean, we're well-served up front in the midfield And uh, maybe if, like Chris said earlier, if we have a couple of pennies to spare, maybe get somebody in there. Because I know when JJ was signed, his his whole thing is he wanted a keeper to compete with Vlacodimas. And I don't think Elton Leith is going to be that guy. But uh, if we can fortify our uh, goalkeeper position also, that would be that would be a plus. That whole conversation of I want a keeper to compete with Vlacodimas, that's a really kind way. You know, it's like a girl turning you down, like, oh, you're cute, but, you know, I like you like a brother, you know, kind of like that. <laughs> it's a really nice way of saying he's not good enough and we want to bring someone in who's better. Unfortunately, this, look, he's not, he, I mean, let's be brutally honest, he, he had a fantastic season last year. He's not your weakest link by far, uh, by, by, by far stretch. There's, there's obviously still the left-back situation you need to, to tend to the right back situation. I think Vinicius is gone. I think the minute another striker comes in, maybe not Darwin because obviously it still leaves you very thin, but I still expect someone else to come in. And then I think Vinicius will be gone. And then 
once we play the Champions League games and, and hopefully we do qualify for Champions League, we come away with, with, with qualification. I still think there will be some more magical money popping up somewhere. And, and you'll see some other positions being solidified, as just like you will see a lot of these players being sold. Obviously, right now, Spain, the market is closed pretty much. They're bringing in loans. They're not really spending a lot of money. You know, this whole COVID has really put, put, put a hamper on a lot of these moves that Benfica would have otherwise have made as far as selling players off and sending them off. But hopefully those things will be resolved quickly and uh, Benfica will need to, to find clubs for these teams because they're going to have such a deep squad um, and the wage bill is going to be so huge that you're just better off getting rid of them and bringing in quality players that you know are going to be JJ-type players and that are going to play and help out this team and get to to, to you know to the goal line and get to, to, to you know do what you want to do with uh, JJ. Chris, if you're up for election this October and you got the checkbook the size of Leash Sleep Theaters and you could sign only one player, what position do you sign that player for? Man, I don't know if I should say this. All right. I don't know if I should say this, but I think I've beaten this horse plenty of times over the years. But I have to say this. I have to get this out of my system because for years when I was saying it was time for a change, everyone ridiculed me because, you know, he was the Lord and Jesus, Jesus Savior. And the question was always, but Chris, who? And I, I, I don't know. Out of a world of a trillion people, there's got to be one other person in the world that can run Benfica. And, and I always got smart remarks because – but now all of a sudden, every t- everything he does is to save his, is to save his election. Everything is to save. Every, I think everyone has adapted the, the – the, I'm not even going to go there. I'm not even going to go there. I'm not even gonna go there. Wait, you just started on a whole minute rent, and you're just gonna just, pull the handbrake on I, that. No, I just, I just think that that it's 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 real easy to just say he's doing it to save his butt. Realistically, I think there's plenty of old school Benficistas who are most likely gonna save his butt anyway. And look, maybe he made a promise to JJ. Maybe he told JJ we're gonna do everything we can to put a a strong team because we are embarrassed by what's happened over the last couple of years with this squad. Maybe, just maybe. And look, you know how I feel about the man, but given the benefit of the doubt, he did bring in my boy JJ, and I think they're trying to do the very best they can to put the to put forth the team that he that they promised them in negotiations. Look. He left a good situation in Brazil, right? He wasn't going to leave that without assurances. So everybody's putting it on Luis Vieira. Maybe these are demands from the demands, the promises that they made to JJ, and they're just going through with them. Maybe it has something to do with that, but we'll see what happens. I just wondering what happened with all this fuss for years. Everybody defending. Now everybody's jumping off the bandwagon. Um, and again, I'm not defending nobody. I'm not, you know. Uh, promoting anybody i'm just asking the question for years there was a lot of i i ate crap for years i remember i'm afraid you and i started to lose conversations in restaurants and people shredded me to parts now those same people they've all jumped off the wagon real quick it's just funny how people change change from one day to the next and i just i had to get that off my chest I had you, you haven't answered my question if i had a blank check would i spend what position would you buy for what position would I strengthen if I had a blank check for this current Benfica? I, I go get me, I go get me a matador. Okay, fair I, enough. I go get me a matador because at the end of the day, without the ball in the back of the net, you ain't winning crap. Fair enough. Uh, the transfer window will close on October fifth uh, for for Portugal. I don't know if most of Europe will also be adhering to that date. Uh, but certainly, uh, there's a couple things here happening, right? So, Bifika still has to play uh, one game uh, for the UEFA Champions League pre-qualifier against Paok, and we'll get into that in a little bit. And then we have uh, a uh, home-and-away fixture against Krasnodar if we are to go past uh, Paok. So, three games for Bifika to start, uh, for, for Bifika to play and qualify for the group stages. If Bifika does, in fact, qualify, uh, we got... A fresh, what, 40 million um, yep. or 40. something around there. So at that point, uh, we're also looking at being more attractive for a player of a high caliber that would like to play in a Champions League that will now have the assurances that Benfica will, in fact, be in the group stages. And now we're also talking about fresh Mula 
to be spent on a player of that caliber. So certainly with the October 5th uh, date still quite a bit uh, away, a, a little bit over a month away, there's still lots that can happen in terms of uh, buying players. And certainly the way Benfica has spent uh, money so far this offseason uh, gives us an indication that we're probably far from done. Tiago. What do you think about that? Far from done? You think there's still a couple of guys that are going to be brought in? Oh, yeah. I think this roster is, is far from being finalized. I, I still think there's going to be a lot of uh, rotating pieces. Um, I, I still expect two to three players to come in at least. Um, and I think... Like you said, it, it they they have to they have to qualify. They have to they have to go to Greece and they have to win, and then they have to play that the Russian team who uh, knocked out our brothers up north last season. Um, but yeah, that that will that will definitely make the the club more attractive, especially for you know big name players. My whole thing is if they they're able to get past the Paok and then they're able to beat Krasnodar, I'm going to be waiting for that next Wednesday. Alfredo, we've spent 15 million on Waldschmidt. Right? 20 was it 20? Yeah, right? Who's 20. Count? I'm not keeping count. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you guys suck with math. But 15 on Waldschmidt, 20 with Everton, right? Uh, 18 on Padrinho. Three, three. I know that Padrinho, you can't even throw that into, but we have to. Okay, 18 on Padrinho, so that's 35 and 18, right? 53. Yep. Um, and then now with with, with what two with the, the, that, yeah, three million for Gilberto, so 55. And now with the 25, you're at 80 mil. So, yeah, 80 million. You're at 80 mil, right? <laughs> Let's just say you're at 80 mil. You're laughing, but Benfica spent. Nearly sixty million last year on a bunch of bums, and it wasn't an election year. I mean, it's just everybody wants to throw. If we think he's going to make money, I still think they're going to sell Vinicius. I think Vinicius is going to be gone for anywhere. And I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but because so, some some drunk person out there will do it between forty and sixty mil. I think he's going to come in. That's going to bring a lot more money into the wallet. The forty plus million with the Champions still a lot of money to be spent here, ladies and gentlemen. Look, this is this is a team. This is an organization that hopefully with the return of JJ, they've finally taken this seriously and they're going to invest and they're going to build a serious team. They're not going to build one of these teams that you're embarrassed to, to field in Basile and get spanked 5-0. This is not what they want to do. And, I, and look, I don't care who my president is at that point. I, I applaud them because I don't want to go through that as well. Yeah. So uh, Benfica has been at it for quite some time because uh, of uh, of the Champions League pre-qualifier that's uh, coming up in about a, a week's time or, or so. Uh, we have played one, it's two... It's the 16th, Alfredo. It's the 16th. It's not a week. Still got some time. Yeah, a week. Uh, yeah, it's right around the corner. It's the uh, second. We're like 14 days away from the 16th. Yeah, two weeks. Okay. We, uh, we have... I told, you guys was, I told you guys sucked with numbers. No, we're, we're terrible with numbers. <laughs> um, we have played uh, six friendlies, two of them uh, televised. Then uh, first game we played was against Mefica B, 4 nothing win. Uh, then Sturil Praia, also at the Seychelles, um, 4-1. Boulnes at the Seychelles, 4 nothing. Ferenc, uh, also Seychelles, 5-1. Uh, then uh, this past weekend we hosted uh, Bournemouth at uh, Bournemouth, Bournemouth. Am I saying that right? Bournemouth uh, at the Stade de Luz. We beat them two nothing. We finally got to see um, the team in action on TV. And today Benfica played uh, Braga without all the international players at Stade de Luz, and we beat Braga two one with a brace uh, from Vinicius. We're not going to get uh, super in-depth into these games, especially the ones that have been televised. Uh, but I'll, I'll start with you, Thiago. Who has impressed you so far? Man, I know I know, Chris is going to love this, but uh, Tarapt has really impressed me so far this uh, preseason. I think he's 
JJ's style of play fits that up perfectly. You know, that up is a madman. He likes to run the pitch like a madman. And I think, you know, the, the one thing that we've, we've seen the team do is, is press like crazy, that high press, you, you watch five minutes of it and you can tell right away this, the, the high press is in full effect and that opt is up the field, down the field from one side to the other. And he is, he's all over the place. So he's definitely been the, the, the one that is stood out the most so far in these uh, two games that were televised for me was just how, how much he really plays. Although he has a very awkward playing style, he, he really plays his heart out. Yeah, and uh, Cristiano, certainly, uh, as Tiago mentioned, the, the high press, which is something that's very characteristic of, uh, of JJ, uh, definitely JJ is back in terms of the high press, in terms of the intensity, in terms of even the, the speed in, in which the ball is, is uh, passed around. Uh, what have you seen that kind of uh, that fancied uh, your, your tip or tickled your fancy, rather? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Well, you just haven't seen games? No, no, not not that. I just nothing. I mean, look, if if Therapt is impressing you, and, and I'm, again, I'm not knocking anybody, right? But if Therapt is obviously you don't know enough about the guy. I I I know what he's capable of. I mean, obviously, I've been talking about this guy when he was playing at the beach and and say for four years prior to, to Bruno Lage giving him an opportunity. So I know what he's capable of. So I'm not surprised by it. As far as JJ tactics, I absolutely love him. I adore him. But again, we knew JJ likes to play the high press. We know that he likes to rotate the ball with speed. We know that's the type of coach that he wants. He wants to go forward. He wants to have the ball. It's just, it's, it's phenomenal to brush fresh air, fresh air to have this guy back on the team. And I know the club is, you know, the players on the field are, look like they're dead and they're trying to do their very best. But this is the intensity that we all know and love from JJ. So, again, I don't mean to be arrogant. I don't mean in a bad way, but I am really haven't been impressed by that because this is exactly what, what I've expected since I knew JJ was coming back. Yeah, no, fair enough. I, but I, I think what what Tiago was referring to in in terms of uh, standing out, and certainly we know we know yes. Tarab's quality. But in terms of standing out, uh, as far as the other guys, and we see a lot of guys with heavy legs, and I mean even Tarab on when he scored that uh, that goal against uh, Bournemouth, oh, he, he looks like he was exhausted. He couldn't even celebrate. He was so exhausted yeah. from running so much. Tarab stands out. I mean the chip against Ferenc. I mean that that takes. Yeah, huge cojones to do that near the six-yard box to chip the goalie in that manner. I mean, that's not everyone could do that. And then that fantastic left-footed shot against a keeper that at one point was one of the better keepers in the whole EPL. I know he's, you know, he's not he's had his best days behind him already, but still, still a fantastic shot. So look, yeah, he's impressed me. So uh, not impressed me, but yeah, he stood out. But if you really want me to mention a guy that's impressed me, and again, it's another guy that we, you know, speaking on the podcast last year, and we talked when we did our buy, sell, loan keep, trade, you know, whatever, whatever we do every year. He's had his flashes, and that's a kid that I'm still very much intrigued by, a guy that I want to see a lot more of, and that's Diogo Gonçalves. Yeah. I think, you know, he's a guy that's had flashes. Um, and, again, I don't want to say surprise me because we expect this from these type of guys. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's been a pleasant, pleasant – he's been pleasant on the eye, I should say that. It's good, good to see those, those moments that he's had, and, and hopefully – you see a lot more behind him. And, and you know, he's going to have to compete with a lot of guys. Obviously, on the left side, I think it's pretty much made up of Cibolinho. That's his side. That's his job to lose. The right side is going to have Padrinho, you know what I mean? And, and, again, it goes back to conversation we initially started with Padrinho about loaning him out. Padrinho's going to have tough competition. PZ could play there. Rafa's going to find a place, needs to find a place to play. Uh, it, it's just, you know, the kid's going to have a tough time himself getting some minutes as well. But, I'm very excited for this kid, and and I hope that he does come through and, and he comes out on the other side shining. Yeah, I think that uh, uh, Gonçalves has also impressed me, and, and and the reason why he's impressed me is because he's had limited minutes, uh, right? And the time that he's come in, there's always a couple plays in which he kind of singles himself out uh, from the rest of the group. But as Cristiano mentioned. He has a, a lot of competition on that uh, on that right side, but really, Gonçalves is 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 a prime example on how Benfica should um, guide these these youngsters, right? And I know that we can't always uh, apply this, these same methods, but he's he's a guy that stood out um, in the B, uh, made his debut under Vitoria under. Um, 
on the senior team, I think he played even Champions League football, uh, ended up at Nottingham Forest, uh, then came back to Famalicão, and he was really outstanding in Famalicão last year. And now he arrives at Benfica ready to compete for a job. I mean, we're not talking about the Tavares kids who were just thrown to the walls and said, hey, here's a ball, go do the best you can. I mean, we're talking at somebody who's had a methodical and progressive evolution in terms of maturing as a football player. He's a player that seems to me he's been struck by bad luck because had he come in, you know, had he been just a year ahead, right? Had he come in last year, he would have been a part of this, you know, he would have been a part of the first team and gotten a lot of playing time. Now he's coming in when you're bringing in a new coach, a high profile coach, right? You mentioned the elections. You mentioned, you know, all these things start to snowball effect and you start bringing in big names and he might be lost in the shuffle, which unfortunately sucks for him. But now there's a player there. He's a fantastic player. And whether it's at Benfica somewhere else, this is a player that's going to be around for some time because he has a lot to offer. It just, again, it's the timing, timing for him. That's, that's what's really messing him up. Yeah, one more game uh, for Benfica in terms of uh, friendlies to be played, then it will be played at Stade Luz against uh, Francis Rennes. Uh, and uh, from what I understand, uh, Francis already started their league, and I'm surprised that, that Rennes is coming to Stade Luz, but they're obviously taking advantage of the international break and will come to Stade Luz uh, to play uh, Benfica on what will be Benfica's uh, last tune-up before the, the official season takes off. I heard the reason they wanted to come play at the side of the lose because they were anxiously looking forward to playing in front of all the Cascois, but now they took them down. So I don't, I don't think they could back out of the deal, though. That's, yeah. that's sources, my font. So Benfica will... Uh, your font. Come on, bro. <laughs> uh, Benfica will get their official uh, season started uh, with their UCL qualifier uh, versus Paok. And out of the three teams that, that we could have gotten was what uh, Paok, uh, it was Alkmaar, and it was uh, Rapid Vienna. Uh, Paok was probably the hardest one. And on top of it, we got to go to Greece Uh, and play. It's a one-leg elimination uh, game that will be played on the 15th of, uh, of September, as Christian already called out, that is more than two weeks away. Um, if Benfica does get past Paok, they will then have uh, a two-legged affair against uh, uh, Russia's Krasnodar, and those games will, uh, will happen uh, the first leg on either September 22nd or September 23rd. And then the second leg, either September 29th or September 30th, the group stages will then get drawn on October uh, 1st. Uh, Cristiano, um, playing in Greece is always tough, but we got the element of no crowd. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. But, bro, let, 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 let's call a spade a spade. All right? If Benfica can't beat freaking Pauk, they can't beat Vienna, they can't beat Akmar, they can't beat Kranospor, they don't belong in the Champions League. Okay? All right. Now, getting back to the game. Look, I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be a tougher matchup than we anticipate because of the simple fact your coach is a Portuguese coach, a guy that knows Portuguese football, a guy that knows Benfica very well, a guy that knows Jorge Jesus very well. So it will not be a shocking surprise to them. They're going to know what's going to hit them at all times. But then again, it's a coach that I believe never beat Benfica while he was at Braga as well. So uh, take that for what it is. Yeah, we're talking about uh, Abel, obviously, the, the guy that's most known for his meme of Voyambara. Uh, you know, last year is probably one of the most uh, viewed memes in Portuguese football was uh, uh, Abel. Uh, uh, Tiago, what, what do you think, man? And it, Obviously, uh, if you're a Benfica and you have ambitions to be in the Champions League and, and you've reinforced your team, uh, beating Paok should be an afterthought even though that you have to take uh, this fixture with the utmost uh, seriousness. Yeah, the only, the only thing that, that really concerns me is just because this roster has is, is been put together so fresh that, you know, maybe we haven't had enough time to, to get the, the squad to the Champions League, you know, potential. Um, <clears throat> but like Chris said, we, we should have – if we have ambitions of making it there, these teams that we have in our way should not be a problem. And uh, taking away the crowd is definitely going to be going to be a, a plus, um, especially in Greece because the, Greece, the Greek stadiums get, get pretty crazy. 
Um, so that's the only thing that concerns me. I mean, I guess if you're gonna if you're gonna go go into the Champions League, why not start with the playing the best team that you know you could possibly draw? Yeah, it's. A, I think it's a it's a great test, uh, certainly for uh, Benfica, and, uh, and I think that it would be extremely disappointing if Benfica does not get into the group stages of the Champions League. Yeah, and if you're looking for extra motivation, just show them a video of the 2004 Euro final to start to lose. I mean, we're all, we're always going to hold that against the Greeks. So let's go, let's go get it. But look, Benfica should get through this. Hopefully, um, you know. JJ and his men get to get their acts together. The players are not. <laughs> JJ lays off the whipping, uh, the, the whipping stick uh, for a week or so. Give these guys a breather so it could be nice and fresh and uh, see what yeah, happens. But, and Man, and it's, it be, these, these, these guys forget about it. Yeah, and it, it, it's funny that uh, uh, a short clip of, of Jose Mourinho when he was in charge of Benfica um a while, quite a few uh, few years ago resurfaced this uh this uh this this week in where he says this is Sport Lisboa Benfica this is not Paok Salonica so i don't know take it for for where what it, what it is but i i thought that was great and and it really applies right because of the level of the team the team's history the team's reputation uh the team's performances in Europe throughout uh, throughout the years and certainly Benfica is way ahead of of Paok in, in terms of that the, so logic and, and as uh, as sometimes there's no logic in football logic will have it that Benfica should be able to beat this Paok uh, team easily uh, and, and certainly there's going to be a lot of us uh, with a watchful eye in terms of uh, what JJ is going to be able to do but I think that so far from what I've seen from JJ is uh, is nothing but business, business from him. He's not effing around. Alfredo, did you know that in the history of Paok, they've always had a Greek captain, for the exception of three guys. Did you know that? And two of them are Portuguese. Did you know that? I did not know that. Sergio Conceição, two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Pablo Garcia, twenty twelve, twenty thirteen, and then Vieirinha. Who is a club Who's legend? Paulo I Garcia. Have... I don't know who Paulo Garcia is. He's Uruguayo as well. Oh, so I thought you said. Uruguay. Oh, okay, okay. Two, two of them were Portuguese, yeah. right? So, so it was a three, three captains. He's a club legend. I'm really good friends with 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 my boy Billy. He's Greek and and he's a huge Paulo fan. The, the minute the draw came out, he was texting me. We you know we chit chat back and forth, and this guy tells me Vieirinha is the king of the city. Yeah, shocking, but hey. Bye. I believe it. Uh, also, after the Champions League, the league will start on the 18th. So uh, Benfica will play uh, their game, their qualifier on the 15th, and then uh, they're going to get started three days later on a Friday. They will be actually the check that Cristiano. I, I thought I, I saw that it was on the the 15th is the game against uh, Paok, and the 18th is when the league opens up and Benfica yeah, it opens up. But then I think they played. I think. The schedule came out to uh, whatever it came out already, but the Two schedule ago. The league. No, no, the actual schedule. It's on a ball. It's on a baller today. You know how they do the first three. Um, the they first, announced the, the days, yeah, three. The times. Yeah, yeah. I think Benfica plays on Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think it's Friday. Check, check that out. The 18th is Friday. The 18th at 2 p.m. our time. It, it, yeah, it will be the first game of oh, the they season. They play 18th and then the 26th. That's yeah, that's it. right. They will open up uh, the Liga Noz uh, year. Uh, Benfica and Famalicão. Benfica will travel to Famalicão to play uh, Famalicão, uh, who, again, signed a, a, some interesting players. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing them. Um, then the, just a, a couple of highlights, and we'll get into the league fi- fixtures uh, in, a, in a future pod, probably ne- maybe next week or the week after that. Uh, but... Uh, on the 14th round, uh, Benfica will go to the Dragão. And on the 16th round, that's the round before last, Benfica will go to Alvalade, uh, which means that in the second, uh, uh, the second, the Segunda Volta, Benfica will host both Porto and Sporting Sport. down the stretch of uh, the Liga Norte. Uh, so something to uh, look forward. And like I said, we will 
get more in depth in terms of the fixtures and what we got uh, coming up. A uh, couple more things uh, to uh, to take care of. Uh, champion, you Champions League Benfica went to the finals, lost to Real Madrid. Uh, third time that Benfica has now been to the finals in what six years, I think. Um, unfortunately, we couldn't. Couldn't, uh, couldn't make it. A um, couple more items, and I know that uh, we've already ran a little long, so I want to get this wrapped up. Confirmed exit. Zivkovic rescinded his contract. Zlobin to uh, Famalicão. Varela, Cristiano, your favorite, uh, has gone to uh, Guimarães or Benfica, holds 50% of his, of his uh, pass. Um, and this is just really quick uh, rumors. Cavani, Semedo, João Mario, Mariano, Luis Suarez, not the one you're, you're thinking of. Patrick De Paula, Niang, and Bruno Henriques. Obviously, everybody would like to see Cavani. I'm sorry? Gerson. Gerson, too. Everybody would love to see Cavani, but uh, Cristiano, I know the one guy that you wouldn't like to see. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's without a shadow of a doubt, but we'll leave that for another pod. Yeah. Tiago, anything you want to add before we uh, say goodbye? Um, I'm just going to keep waiting for every Wednesday. That's, <laughs> that's the, the best I can give you right now. Uh, we did get a Uruguayan striker on a Wednesday. I'm hoping that that wasn't the one, but uh, we still got a month until the transfer window closes. And like we, like I said earlier, there's going to be still a lot of movement. So let's, uh, let's see what rumors the, the Portuguese newspapers come up with tomorrow to sell some, some papers. Tiago, where can people find you on Twitter, bro? Uh, you can find me at sauce underscore SLB. Cristiano, is that short enough for you? Yeah, that's, that's good. <laughs> Cristiano is at at 10 co 10 Dave is at 87DO87. At Bifiga Podcast is where you can find uh, the podcast's uh, Twitter. Uh, we'll promise to be more active in the coming weeks as we uh, near the start of the official season. Uh, Benfica Podcast is a proud uh, founding member of Benfica Independent Project. Uh, please check out BenficaIndependent.com uh, for all kinds of uh, things, podcasts, articles of opinion, so on and so forth. We're also on Patreon. Uh, if you enjoy the content, please support uh, with two levels of support, $2 and $5, uh, and each one of them has its rewards associated with it. Um, glad to be back, Cristiano. We'll be back uh, We'll be back next week. Again, uh, as always, every Tuesday night. Uh, Tiago, thanks for, for joining us and thanks for, for helping out today. I know it was thanks a long one, but certainly we needed to do some house cleaning and clean up. Yep. Take yeah. care, everyone. Thanks, Tiago. Take, take care, everyone. David, miss you, brother. Can't wait to have you back on the pod with us and everyone for checking us out. Appreciate it. All you new guys, make sure you follow us on Twitter. Got a lot of great stuff coming up. Peace out. Take care, everyone.